You're listening to your Black Lives Matter, Say Their Name, Vote, I Can't Breathe, Justice, Peace, Equality, Freedom, Enough, Power to the People, Justice Now, Say Her Name, Si Se Puende, Yes We Can, Liberation, See Us, Hear Us, Respect Us, Love Us, Listen, Listen Up, Stand Up, Ally, Anti-Racist, I Am A Man, Speak Up, How Many More, Group Economics, Education Reform, Mentor, NBA Podcast with David and Kane. Kane, how's your dinner? <laughs> that was good. You're done? That's it? All right, thanks guys. <laughs> Kane, talk to me. What's happening? You know, same old, same old. Still, uh, I think semi-lockdown. I don't, I don't even know anymore like what Australia is. And there was actually one instance where someone tested positive in Melbourne, maybe. And then they took a flight. Like they were positive and they were quarantined, but they didn't recheck the... Um, like they didn't test them again for coronavirus. So they boarded a plane after the two weeks. They got to Sydney. And then when they got to Sydney, they tested positive again. Um, like, I don't know, like maybe you catch it again or maybe they just never got over it basically. And then uh, that dude works for Woolies or us. It's like a sh- shopping center. And then it, they had to quarantine the entire, all the employees at the shopping center. So like all 50 employees or whatever the case is had to be like quarantined and I don't know what's happening to that Woolworths, but I assume it's like you can't shop there at the moment because everyone's gone for two weeks. I, I, I think that you look at it like America, for example, where right now they're getting the same amount of case, daily cases as Italy when, when they were at the peak. Like when Italy decided to go into like full lockdown where people weren't even allowed to leave their homes. Um, this is what the US is getting every day. Like over 50,000 cases every day. And they're trying to play basketball. Oh, and they're on, trying to play you, basketball. Stop, stop that. Why are, you, why are you bringing that up? This is, I'm <laughs> I don't like what you're suggesting there. Are you saying that it's not responsible of the NBA to resume the season? I sent, I sent a tweet out. I said, the, the NBA bubble is like throwing a balloon on the ground that's filled with like pins everywhere and like hoping praying that it doesn't burst because it's so fragile like, yeah i like that i saw that what was it like the recent testing of players nine came back positive this is like of the testing players that are int- intending to go to orlando and nine of them including spencer dinwiddie and deandre jordan are you know tested positive and now you know and a bunch of other people like now the because you, you can't have them in there, basically. You can't, you can't have them in the bubble and infect the bubble, basically. So, like, who knows if they do the testing again and we're, like, two weeks away, like, or under two weeks away from the restart and someone tests positive, then they basically can't attend or they have to wait another, uh, I don't know, how many days to, you know, be cleared of the coronavirus to enter the bubble in the first place. Like, it just, it feels so tenuous and... Yeah, I mean, I don't want to talk about this again because I know we spent a long time talking about this last week. But I just, I'm going to get into it. No, I'm, I just, yeah, I, I, I just. Okay, let me clear my hard drive. I'll need an extra hour of, of recording. <laughs> Kane. Oh, I, I actually need to do that, I think. Look, Kane, look, Kane, we, we can't talk about sports right now. Social justice is in the air. Change for social justice. What does social justice mean? What is so? Well, I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> is this a trick question? I feel like this is a trick question. <laughs> Explain to me what social justice means to social you. Social justice means 
And tell me how. And tell me how uh, you can sit there smugly, and and talk about fair social justice when you're not even willing to give social justice to the people of the great country oh, south okay. of uh, Guangzhou. Oh, wow! Wow! That came quick. Was was that the five minute mark? <laughs> that came. That came quick. That came quick. <laughs> Kane, I don't, we might have to park that this subject. And and I feel like you're. I feel like I'm walking to a trap here because it's different. It's different than some of the other sports stuff that we're we're going to be talking about. I I think what you're referring to is the situation in Hong, which no one is available to um, take your which call. Which actually prompted a lot of the drama before the NBA season starts when Daryl Morey tweeted. Um, a really just a pretty generic text in support of. It wasn't a text. It was just a. It, oh yeah, I think there was a text accompanied with the image, but it was mostly the image, which was, um, like the poster, if you will. But even like that poster now is a violation of the the new law. Things have sort of escalated really quickly um, over the last maybe a month, I want to say, or last few weeks, where, in fact, yeah. they actually, no, last, yeah. um, the central government, the Chinese government, actually have already passed a, a law, um, the law that they were, that the protesters were trying to stop last year. But um, I don't know what through what mechanism, but they just passed it anyway. Um, so that the situation now is it's a bit unknown. Yeah, I think that's fair. But I have a different feeling to about this than than you do you know i feel like sometimes you sent me you set me these traps where i have to um you know i have to like somehow evaluate my take on like social justice (laughs) you know whether uh gotcha journalism coming up from from a guy that uh, once i said black lives matter you corrected me and said all lives matter, okay? Right. Okay, I just want to remind I, you of this. I was saying that facetiously. Coming maybe. from a guy who also called me a chink, okay? You looked in my face and you said chink, okay? I was hurt. I was hurt, okay? This is, uh, this is, uh, this is very, uh, low ball <laughs> arguments from you. Uh, what is a low bar is, I mean, this is, what is this? The straw man argument is not the point of the, okay. you're just trying to create you know, you're trying to make me sound worse, but the, you know, my argument is correct. <laughs> look, look, Kane. The message I want to share with our Hong listeners is is this. I don't want them to feel like the world is ending. In fact, I want them to to think about their future, especially the young people. And I want to give them a, a message of optimism that Yes, things are going to change. It, it may not be what you had anticipated or thought about before, but it's not going to be this worst case scenario that you've painted in your head about a police state, about you know, being living under uh, you know, the Stasi or the secret police or comparing it to like Soviet Russia or Nazi Germany. I don't think it's, it's going to be like that. And what I fear is that a lot of young people are throwing away opportunities in order to pursue this, in order to fight this battle. And that's going to come back and haunt them later in life. I'm old enough now where I've, I can actually now reflect on you know, my life a, a little bit. And one thing that st- stands out is that I've been really lucky in life and I've created certain opportunities 
um, at various points in my life when I was younger that has really set me up for later in life. I feel like I have a pretty secure life. I have a good life. And guess what? I'm not, I'm by no means the smartest person in the room, but it's because of certain things I, I did and took advantage of when I was younger that set me up for that. Education being, being one thing, getting into a good university, even though I wasn't any smarter than any of the other kids. It just so happened that I took the opportunity to work really hard for a couple of years in, in high school to get to a really good university in Canada. And that really set me up to the next stage and having a couple of really nice gigs as my first jobs, that really set me up uh, for later in life as well. And just in terms of street cred, it's got nothing to do with my current abilities really. It's really important for young people to take advantage of those opportunities when they come. And when you're out there protesting where you're dropping out of school, where you're letting your schoolwork drop, that's gonna come back and haunt them. Because guess what? When they're out there looking for a job in five years time when HSBC or whatever large corporation is hiring, they're not gonna care what you spent time doing during these years. They're gonna, they're gonna still pick out the people that went to uni. They're still gonna pick out the people that, has, that have the credentials. And I feel like if you waste this time if you literally waste two or three years of, your, of those valuable years when you're 18, 19, 20, you might be disadvantaging yourself in a big way. And I want them to, to understand that from someone that is much older and now coming to realize and appreciating how blessed I am because I took the opportunity and I was given those opportunities when I was younger. You are unemployed now, right? <laughs> oh, 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 that hurts. Oh, that hurts. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> also, the idea of like you know not to worry, it like this this time will pass. It's not the end of the world. I, I think it's the same thing that Trump voters were saying to uh, the Democratic people, saying it's not the end of the world. You can survive. We survived four years of Obama, eight years of Obama. You can survive four years of Trump. Um, what yeah. I'm saying is, didn't age well. L listeners, your <laughs> don't listen to me. I'm an honest <laughs> <laughs> But just look across the street. Look across the street to Shenzhen. Does that look like a police state to you? Does that look like a citizen living under fear and oppression every day? Or do they seem fine? So they can't use Facebook, so they can't use Instagram, so they can't use Wikipedia. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't feel like I'm helping my point. So they have certain restrictions, but it's not a police state. It's not like they're lining up for food to go to like the food bank to get food, okay? It's a prosperous country. It's a prosperous city, Shenzhen. And Shenzhen is a part of China. In fact, they speak your language. They speak Cantonese. They're literally just across the road. I do have some reservations about the leaders of this movement, which is Joshua Wong, I want to say. Is his name? Joshua Wan and some other guy, I can't remember their name. He's probably the most famous one, yeah. Not because I think their positions are wrong, but you know, if you look at like the stuff that he posts, it's so dramatic. He talks about, I don't even remember the words that he's using, but he's talking about like, this is like the end of the world, that you know, that this is a death of Hong Kong. This is a death of like people's freedom. As the thing he literally said, this is the beginning of the reign of terror. It's the beginning of the reign of terror. People of Hong Kong. Please, please, look across the street. Do you think, look at Shenzhen. Do you see a reign of terror there? I feel like this is, this is the wrong message to be sending the young people. I think it's important to stand up for social justice. I think Hong 
will continue to actually enjoy a lot of additional benefits. But it's not helpful when you're this combative and talk about this is the death of uh, the, the reign of terror is coming. Okay, that is not a positive message. And in fact, it's actually quite insulting. It's quite insulting for the people of your, uh, your fellow countrymen, whether you feel like you're you know, part of China or not. It's actually quite insulting. Like, are you saying that people in China, they live in like a reign of terror? I've worked in China, I've lived in China. I, I don't feel like I was living under a reign of terror. You know, when you say powerful things like that to young people, that's, they're impressionable and they're passionate about this stuff. And that's good, I think that's good. But I also want those young people to have productive lives um, and I just don't want this to derail that. That's all I'm saying. I'll just say that, um, you know, like in America right now, there's a lot of divide. There's a lot of injustice. There's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, there's like no great, like seems like right now at least, there's no gray area. Either you're on this side or you're on the other side. Um, especially politically, you can't be like in between. It's like you're, you're either on the left wing or you're right wing. At least personally, I still appreciate that side of things where people can have conversations, people can have dialogues, people can disagree, as opposed to if you disagreed to a certain power or a certain state, it can land you in really hot water. Um, not even just you, your family. So I think that people should realize and cherish that democracy and freedom of speech is a beautiful thing. Even though you may disagree, I, I think that China is doing things in a certain way to incite fear. And maybe the response is a bit hyperbolic, but idealistically, it does harm a lot of, like given human freedoms that people should be, shouldn't be privileged. It should be a default thing that people are allowed to speak their mind and learn what they want and read what they want and gain whatever information they want. And I just, I just think putting a, censorship on certain information if you think it's right or wrong is not always the best thing and i know that it becomes a slippery slope because you can say like you know what happens if that information or data is child pornography do we want like a generation of people becoming you know having a fetish for child pornography no of course not but i think especially with certain countries that especially communist countries russia china i don't know what other countries there are but they tighten the censorship so much that they control what they want the people to see. So I'm not saying, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. It's not like, I think it is a bit, I, I always think it was a bit of insult and it was a bit purposeful the way Hong people talk about mainlanders is a term, like mainlanders, it's different than Hong is basically. They're not, we're not the same people. Um, it's instilled in us. Like uh, we we have a British background, basically. Oh, okay. um, China accept, is. Why don't you accept my daddy? Why can't you accept my daddy? Presidency. Oh yeah, I mean, but it's just because there are certain privileges that we have lived, or well, not me personally, but at least Hong Kong people have lived for over a century, um, that are now being robbed from them because of these new laws. And I think that uh, I, I think you know, I think you understand. Like you can be, you you're empathetic to the situation, obviously. Um, but I think you're also being pragmatic in the end. And I think no matter how uh, bad it is, I think you can allow a little bit of a grace period for people to act out. And maybe this, these protests that are happening right now are a bit of an acting out. Sort of like the murder of George Floyd. Um, you know, protests happen, it dissipates eventually because people lose interest or have other kind of things that they want to protest about. Maybe it goes on, but 
it's it is what it is right now because people are angry and you have to let that that time for them to stew and for them to let the anger out and hopefully it's not too damaging on society um but it's normal it's natural and it's bound to happen and yeah i don't think it's especially us as people that aren't affected by it, by it should to have too strong criticism either way yeah and that and that's one of the issues i have with um people online and you know people in america saying they should do this and they should do that you know at the end of the day it's not their lives that they're that's impacting like day to day whether no. it's under <clears throat> under china or you know more autonomous it's has a little impact with it to american but what they're suggesting people to do that's that it's actually going to impact their lives uh people i feel like sometimes you have to be a bit pragmatic and realistic about the battle that you're you're fighting if we were to use a, a war analogy there's a reason why you surrender you don't fight until like every last man is dead where you literally have scorched earth and every last soldier is dead you know in world war 2 france surrendered in like i don't know two weeks or whatever like a month and so so did um coward cowards <laughs> and and why is that why is that because there was no path to victory okay there's no path to victory so that means by continuing to fight you're just throwing away lives you're just throwing away opportunities you're just creating damage and maybe you're you'll be living under a regime and under a system that is not ideal not what you want but it's a lesser of the two it's it's a better path given those two choices and that's what i'm saying in with the hong kong situation you know had they not protested to to the extent that they did last year i really do feel that when carry lam who who is no, the leader no. of no i don't think so you know you know what i was going to say <laughs> i really do feel like carry lam when she said this thing is this bill is dead that they won't try to pass it for a, a little while now i'm not saying it's that means that they're going to get autonomous remain autonomous for the rest of history but uh, what i uh, what i'm saying is it might not come back for another 5 years another 10 years okay but i but but because they were so aggressive i think they overplayed their hand a bit and what happened is that the central government really locked down right they really came back aggressive and really sped up the process if the protest was not as hardcore as last year then maybe the the central government said okay we'll just come re- revisit this right because if anything like china always has like this long term game right they're okay to keep status quo for a long time but if you try to like you know declare something then then they'll 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 lock down then they'll run you over oh, okay, with tanks stop, stop. okay but what were you going to say what were you going to say do like do you, like what do you how do you feel about that oh you mean with reg- regards to yeah, what you just like said? they could have extended it naturally um for maybe another 10 years um i i was just going to say like i yeah I, i think it it didn't matter what the response was i didn't it doesn't matter the the protest that happened for months and months and months and millions of people showed out and basically you know middle finger to china basically um which you said might have sped up the process which i yeah i agree but what i'm saying is if they if they didn't protest and they were just and they believe carry lam's word that the bill was dead they would have just snuck it in you know in all the time they would have just like taken silence as a you know as an agreement basically and they would have just done it um i i think the fact is the protest did bring a lot of exposure and a lot of international awareness to the situation and i think that is invaluable um whether it's effective like you said i i agree with you. i think it's a losing battle at the end of the day 
I, I don't think anything you're saying is wrong, but I think it's just like two sides of a coin. You can be very pragmatic and look at this as an opportunity, or you can be idealistic and fight for your values and moral, you know, morality. My actually my advice for for young people uh, in in Hong Kong, if they're not into the protesting, is to actually take advantage of this situation. Essentially, uh, you're decreasing your competition, right? So there's lots of people that are maybe not focusing on their studies, or uh, going to school, or maybe dropping out of university. I was someone in Hong Kong. I I doubled down on my education and even press harder because I know when, once once thing is over, I'm going to be top of my class now. It's a very Spencer Dinwiddie Jesus. point of view. Oh, Jesus. This is exactly what Spencer Dinwiddie is like talking about, and I criticize him for doing that. But now I'm <laughs> exposing my hypocrisy. But basically, Spencer is saying, you know, All right. how do you take advantage of this bad situation? Like, don't you agree? Like HSBC, the banks, the, the companies, they're not going to care afterwards what, what you did during this or what your moral like position is. They're going to look at your GPA. They're going to look at what, school, what university you went to. They're going to look at your grades and that's all they're going to care about. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's a bit backward. I guess like in where the line gets drawn is sports. Because if you have shown a check it past, um, you know, you haven't been a you know, a saint in your previous years before you were in professional, as long as you're super talented, it you do get like a big, a lot of wiggle room. Even people accused of rape are, you know, able to get paid millions of dollars to play sports just because they have the necessary talent to be, you know, in the in that sport. NFL is rife with people that have been accused of, you know, rape. Um, your childhood hero. Your childhood hero, Jason Kidd, you know what he did. I won't repeat it. What did he do? Tell, tell our listeners what, what he did. Um, there might have been a couple uh, controversial things that came out. Wait, your childhood hero. What do you mean? My uh, childhood hero. Kobe Bryant. <laughs> my childhood hero. My, don't, don't listen to him. My childhood hero is John Starks. John Starks, clean. Clean. But actually, let's talk about this. Let's, let's talk about social injustice. Let's start with this story. I think this is actually uh, really compelling. The owner of the Washington Redskins have come out and said that he will now review the team's name. Because I feel like this is the most obvious and easiest case when you have a team's name which is offensive to people. And, uh, but just a bit of background, he's been asked to change this a lot of times now. And like I was saying before, the Native American culture and people have gone to Dan Snyder, the owner of the Washington Redskins, I just said it, sorry, but have gone to the Washington team and asked him to change the team name. And he's refused a lot of times because he said, this is one of the oldest teams. And he said like, no, it's tradition, it's tradition. I mean, obviously founded by white people, it was a league for white people. I, I don't even know when they started letting black people play, but it wasn't you know, the first iteration of the league. But for this sure. name is so obviously offensive. They defended, they defended the name. Well, obviously, but they defended the name for a long time because they said this is tr tr tradition. This is one of the oldest franchises in the NFL and they've kept the name since it's the beginning, which is, I don't know, the 30s or whatever. Um, obviously, that's not defensible. Like, you know, it, if this name is not only offensive to a small group, this is offensive to pretty much all the entire race of people in America, if not even other cultures that don't like, yeah, that's offensive too. I don't even, I don't even know the full like extent of, yeah, how offensive this this name is. But 
I, I don't understand it fully, but if people say they're offended, if a large group of people saying saying they're offended by it, then yeah, they it must be offensive. So for a white man, white privileged man to stand up for himself and say, no, like I'm not changing it. I, I think he probably needs to, take, and it seems like he is, he's, he's taking a look into changing the name now. Now the NFL is pressuring um, Dan Snyder to change the name of the team. The pressure wasn't there before. When Colin Kaepernick was kneeling, the conversation shifted from talking about police brutality to the military. You know, obviously the military has nothing to do with kneeling. Look, it's, it's about Drew Brees' father, okay? It's about his granddaddy. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's about his grandparents. When he thinks, when he thinks about the national anthem, he's not God. thinking about kneeling. He's thinking about his grandparents. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, what a freak. Oh my God. It's okay. He's, he's listening to rap music now. <laughs> he's, he's listening got, to rap music. Like, yeah, I, I heard he said he's adopting babies from Africa now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's taking baby steps, baby steps. <laughs> baby steps. Um, oh. But yeah, so... It, yeah, it's a, it's a small story in the sense of history is going to look back at it and it's like, hey, remember when like the Washington team was called the Redskins? And then you'll be like, oh, I can't. That's how history is going to look at, at, at this Does Drew Brees, have, do you think he has enough hair to do he doesn't have, I think he's balding. <laughs> I know, he's balding. <laughs> oh my God. Look, I, I think this is like a slam dunk. This is like the lowest hanging fruit. Just change the goddamn name, right? I mean, this is not like a storied franchise that's known, that's in recent years been associated with like, you know, championship culture. No, they're very bad. This, yes. If anything, this is a blessing. And, and look at the other side It's too. like a blessing to rebrand. Yes, exactly. That's what I was going to say. You get the chance to rebrand. You get a chance to sell more merch. Um, you get the good vibes of changing your team name and looking like a good guy. Um, yeah, I, you have everything going for that move. So yeah, it seems like a no-brainer. But just remember, this is a country that once protested seatbelts. Like they're protesting face masks right now in Texas because the governor's like, okay, everyone has to wear a face mask now. And then people of Texas are like, no, like this is my body. It's my right. <laughs> I, can, I don't have to wear a face mask if I don't want to. Um this is the same like back i don't know how many years ago decades ago they were protesting seatbelts because it's like no i know how to drive a car coming back to the nba um the other thing that got released this week is the custom jersey names and at the top of our show i started yelling out all these names what do you think about the names that came out i like uh, it. Are these re- are these real like are these actually these are the names uh do we know who's going to be attached to those names to these nicknames? Well, I think uh, the players submitted... Black Lives Matter, Say the Names, Vote, I Can't Breathe, Justice, Peace, Equality, Freedom, Enough Power to the People, Justice Now, Say Her Name, Si Se Puede? Yes, we can. Which is, yes, we can. Si Se Puede. Um, do we know who's attached to those to those nicknames? To those... As in um, who submitted them? Yeah, well, or, I know. Yeah, who's going to be wearing them? I'm imagining you can select what you want to wear. I mean, they're not going to force you to wear... Um, like a slogan there. Oh, but so multiple people can wear the same thing on the back. Yeah. Like multiple oh, people can have black okay. lives. Okay, interesting. On. I never even think. I didn't think about that. I, mean, I think it's fine. Like, the I think it's fine. The numbers. I'm just wondering. Yeah. I think it's fine. You, you know, you want know Dinwiddie's going to have on the back of his well, jersey? Well, yeah. he wanted trillions, right? He wanted trillion. Yeah, he wanted trillions. I think you tweeted that. I think you need to take it easy on him. Am I, I hard on him? Okay, so he, he, his first choice. Okay, look, I, okay, I'll just say this. I, I'm not a fan of the American education system. I don't, 
I don't think just because you got accepted in Harvard means you're smart. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that doesn't mean that at all. Um, I think he's, like, he's smarter than most NBA players, I would say. He's definitely got, a, like, a unique way of thinking about things. But I think he's not smarter than, like, an average, you know, like, world citizen such as yourself. So I think you should take it a bit easier. I mean, I think he might just be autistic. I, I, you're a bit hot. You're a bit hot. I agree with you, but, you know, like, it's kind of like, it's obvious sometimes. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's not obvious to him. Okay. I'm pretty sure he thinks he's like a fucking genius. His first choice was Trillion. Um, and then eventually, I think there was a compromise. So group economics is the one that I think he submitted to the group. Mm. What I should say on his back of jersey is fraud. Well, he might not even make the restart because he has coronavirus at the moment. I mean, what do you think about these names? I, I like most of them. I think the the only one that I don't like is like, I am a man. Yeah. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. I think I tweeted something about like, why are we keep, like, I hate this phrase, like, as a man. Because you always hear like athletes go, as a man, as a man first. Like, wh what does right. that mean? Mm. Am I a man? Uh, we know right. you're a man. Well, who, do we know who? Do we know who submitted that? I, am I don't know. Like, can't you be just human? Can't you be a human being? Like, why does it have to be a, a man? Maybe that's maybe that's IT. That's IT. No, his is his is not invited. <laughs> is he part? Is he part of? Wait, what team? What team does he play for? He plays for Nuggets. Oh, is he? he on, no, 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 no. He's no oh, team. Really? No team. He's playing in. Um, yeah, he's he's playing uh, in Chicago at the YMCA with the Knicks. No, shut up. <laughs> like, shut up. <laughs> this this guy this guy was like fifth in MVP voting like in his best year. What it should say on his back is uh, gold fund me or like Danny Age owes, owes me ninety million dollars. Like <laughs> I, I have to, you know how I feel about IT right? Like whatever I, I sort of poke fun yeah, of him, I but I literally I, I do think he he's been wrong. Like they owe him money. Yeah, like he's yeah. been robbed. I yeah, but this is what I was saying before. Like maybe last week or whatever. Um, they just need to do as much as possible to raise awareness for whatever, you know, um, whatever thing they want to talk about. And I, I think Black Lives Matter will be the vocal thing that they will talk about. And I heard that they're going to be painting the court with Black Lives Matter. Yeah, I, I don't know it. how that will look. I love look. it. Yeah, I, I love it too. But I mean, they have to make sure that it can't, like if it's like white text on a black court or vice versa. Uh, it might be a bit distracting. Maybe that's fine. I don't know, but I need to see it. No, I, I need to see like, it visually. I, I don't want look. I don't want to look at like uh, Chinese ads on the court, where like uh, uh, ads for like McDonald's or whatever other crap they they paint on those things. Like imagine like big bold branding mm. and letters. This is all customized, right? It, it's like neutral. It's brand neutral. I think it's yeah. a super powerful message. Yeah, I heard. Um, yeah, that for the like in terms of the. Black Lives Matter movement, they're going to have the logos like in the center court or something like that. And then to just rectify the Daryl Morris situation, they're going to have like the Tencent and Alibaba logos <laughs> at the end of the, base, at the baseline. Oh my God, you just won't let it go. You won't let it go. It's... And they're going to, and as a, like a mascot, they'll have Daryl Morey like handcuffed. He's <laughs> like rattling the pole to like get free. <laughs> Oh, do you think Adam Silver will make him do that? Oh my god. Imagine if they actually did <laughs> try to make him do that. 
It's like, Daryl, I know, I know this is gonna be, I know you don't want to do this, but just please do it for a team. Take one please. for a team. Can yeah. you just like put, put on the handcuffs? We've lost <laughs> enough millions. Yeah, like seriously. Oh my god. But you know, isn't Winnie? Isn't Winnie? Oh, uh, I guess they're not showing. He, he's banned. He's no, no. I was gonna images. say. I was gonna say they're probably not showing the games in China anyway. No, no, they're, they're not. They're not. So this again, this is you tr kind of put Adam Silver in a hard position, right? Because we're asking him to do like impossible things, right? Like obviously he has to. He has to think about the business viability of the product. His job is to like grow the business. Yeah. If given well, well, a choice, maybe he he doesn't want those advertisers, but he's gonna take them, of course. Mm. Well, what I was gonna say is, I think Winnie <laughs> exists in Disneyland, and like in the Disney world, Winnie <laughs> is part of that universe. So I think there's like rides with Winnie the. <laughs> so I was just thinking like it was shown in China, and they like, I don't know, and then the Winnie <laughs> ride, and then like the like NBA plays of riding Stop it. it. Winnie it ride. It's just like it's like a mo it's like blacked out. It's censored. Yeah. <laughs> The players are writing this like big black blob, <laughs> or like these mosaic. <laughs> uh, be respectful, Kane. Be respectful. Um, and again, I mean, that's you know we joke, but that situation is not resolved, right? And I feel like that's just a lot of problem from Adam Silver. That's I don't know how I feel about that. It's um, yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. Well, okay, what's your thoughts on the second Bubble City? So there's one bubble city in Orlando in Disney World. Uh, you are very optimistic about this Orlando bubble, but how about a second bubble for the losers in Chicago? What are your thoughts on that? I think it's good. I mean, it's good? we joke about it, but I think it's, well, good for in the sense, like, what do you mean? How, like how I feel about it as a fan, or do I think it's good for that's happening? I think it's good in the sense that the curse, so the fear a lot of the ownerships or teams have is that these players will have no basketball for over like a year, basically. No competitive basketball for over a year. Um, so they need some sort of event or tournament to just to keep people in shape, right? Mm. So the idea is they have they've had no basketball for over a year, but to make them better, they'll play against other loser teams. Uh, well, I mean, loser teams. If you're playing against LeBron's team, I mean, between these these people, they would be probably fighting for their lives. So I think that's actually okay. <laughs> but there's no stakes. It's that's appropriate. No stakes and all the. Risk. I guess it's optional, but I think. Like the game is minimal. The gain is to play basketball against other teams, right? Like that's the selling. And they're point. getting paid, right? They're getting. So some people would choose this because they'll probably get more of their salary back if they play these games. No, that's slack, man. You can't force people to play. Yeah. No, no, I'm not for. No one's forcing them to play. They well, don't, you are. No, you're no one taking money play. away from them. Wait, but that's happening anyway. Oh, wait, wait. Okay, sorry, 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 sorry. I, I, I got that story confused. Right. So even if you don't play in the second bubble, you'll still get, you'll still get your money. That's what's happening now. It's optional. This thing is unnecessary. Like I. Yeah, I guess you're right. I think I agree. I agree. I get, I get, I'm, no, I think I'm, I'm agreeing with you. But like, I, I, get, I see your point. Like, they would have had no competition, uh, competitive basketball for every year. But like, what sort of competition are you asking for if you're not going to win a trophy or win prize money anyway? Like, even prize money itself is just for the t organization. So there's not much incentive for the players to go hard. Um, yeah, uh, like some players might love to play. Like I, I know Trey Young was just playing for fun in Arizona when Arizona first opened up, and he was just there with randos dominating them. 
Like, so he loves to play. He just might be there and loves to play. But I think there'll be a lot of players um, like a David, uh, David Bertans, the guy, the, the player for Washington, uh, Washington. He's opted out. He's opted out. And it's not because, like, in my opinion, he's not because he's scared of coronavirus. It's because he's being strategic. And he's in, he's, you know, he's in line for a big payday. And if he went to, if he went to Orlando and participated and got injured, that's a, that's Isaiah Thomas lost right there. If he, if he gets injured, you know, that's big money he's losing out on. So, you know, for some people, you know, in, in Chicago, especially if you're going there just to play for fun or play just to get in shape, you, you could potentially lose out on millions and millions of dollars, um, you know, if the worst case scenario happens. So I don't think there's much incentive for established players, like maybe young players like Trey Young, I know RJ Barrett, um, I know the Knicks roster basically, except for Julius, even Julius Randle, he can go, he's been, he's been paid already. Um, yeah, no big deal. But everyone else or every other sort of established veteran player, like they probably are. Yeah, so I think that's okay. Um, that Bertans guy, like that's a super smart move. In fact, it mm. it's dumb for him to go and play. Because again, you don't get your contract first. That's most important. Yeah, true. Um, and I think this relates to the Oladipo story that's coming out as well. So Oladipo has actually come out now and said that he's not going to be joining his team in Orlando, even though the Pacers are in the playoffs. And this was after the Pacers have been talking him up all like off season. Oh, when oh he, yeah. Because he was big injured time. this season, basically. He broke his leg. He had a big injury and was out for the beginning of the season. And I guess it was a bit fortuitous for them at least, because with this extra time off, they could have they they're rehabbing Oladipo, but now that he's out, are you saying there's like a bit of drama? So from Oladipo's perspective, he's sitting out because not because his injury is not healed, that's 100% healed, but he's worried that because he hasn't played competitive basketball for so long, that there may be other secondary soft injuries, right? Hmm. Um, so he doesn't want to take that risk which I think it's super smart because we've seen this before. We've seen what happens when you come back or too early, whether it's uh, Clay Thompson, whether it's KD, whether it's Gordon Hayward, whether it's PG-13, whether it's Kawhi, right? Sometimes you want to be extra careful and then you add a couple more months to that. So I think yeah. it's super smart for him. Plus next year, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. So yeah, you know, don't it? jeopardize that. Plus that before he was injured, he was playing really well. Um, so his stock is, is very high right now. Mm. So that's from his perspective, which I think most fans will look at that and say, okay, that's very reasonable. Um, the drama comes from the Pacers side because I think they were really hoping that with this extra time, he could have come back and played for mm. them. Plus, because of his free agency, this is an opportunity for them to actually evaluate him. Just, he's not a free agent next season. He's a free agent the season after. So in 2021-22. But yeah, you're right. He would be he he's eligible for contract extension. This summer, right? Um this offseason. Yeah, he's eligible, but he's still got one more year. Um obviously he would probably prefer to uh you know re-sign for a big amount of money um if he loves to play in Indiana. Um but and I would imagine so. He went to he actually the college he went to was Indiana as well. So yeah, like playing for the Pacers is probably a great Pritchard, I think, is the vice president or the president of basketball operations there. He came out something Pritchard or Pritchard, uh, Kevin yeah. Pritchard, yeah. for the Pacers. 
Yeah. He came out and said something to the effect of, you know, Oladipo, he's fully recovered. He's looking like better than like he's ever looked before, rather, mm. you know, better than he's looked in a long, 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 long time, mm. which I take to mean longer than his injury, right? Mm. Um, and I think that puts a certain pressure for, for a player to come back. You're sort of putting it out there. You're rising fan expectations by doing that. Um, so clearly then Oladipo didn't release a statement through the team. You know, he just released it himself or talked to the media himself and said that he's not going to actually be playing. Right. So that puts Indiana in a weird position because as the as a team, do you give them that extension in the summer without seeing him back on the court? And some people say, no, you don't do that because the risk is too high. You could have a Chandler Parsons situation where you give him a huge, massive contract, but his his health is just never there again. I mean, he probably deserves a massive contract just because he's only getting paid 21 mil this year and next year, um, which isn't much for... Like, the Pacers are a pretty good team without Oladipo. With Oladipo, he, makes the team, he actually makes the team better. Um, he, yeah, I, I think he's definitely a plus player. And... I mean, like, but he's also 28 at this point. So by the time he is up for, he's finished his contract, he'll be 30, um, which is a kind of an iffy sort of proposition because being, being, you know, in your 30, being 30, but then having a lot of injury history uh, does have some concerns. So uh, I think the Pacers, like you said, would love to see him play a bit more and love to see him, um, you know, consistently suit up for them. Uh because I think right now it could go either way. Considering he's had two season-ending injuries two years in a row the past, this past year and the year before, um, I think it's not a given that he'll sign a contract extension. And it's not a given that the Pacers will give him a contract extension because of his injury history. But because he is a plus player on this team, I, I think it's very possible. I don't know what the ceiling is, though, even with Ol- like the full team, like Oladipo, Brogdon... Um, Miles Turner, Sabonis, like they're all, they're all really good players. I, but I don't know if the ceiling is better than the Celtics or the Nets or the, even the Raptors at this point. Well, um, I mean, obviously it's not, it's not better than the Nets and the Raptors. Well, then you need to factor that in because you, you, if, if you give them a contract extension, you're going to be paying them over $30 million uh, for a guy that's over 30. It's going to be over 30, like in the mid-30s by the time the contract's over. Um, with a guy with injury history, is that worth it? Are you gonna are you gonna give Chandler Parsons money to a guy that best years are behind him at the, at at that future point? You know, so I I think that is Kevin Pritchard. I don't know if he's the GM or the president or whatever he is. People are saying that he was like MVP candidate before he got. He's injured. good, man. He's a good player. He's definitely a plus. But I mean, if Paul George couldn't, you know, win with his team. I just think the East is deeper now than it was when LeBron was dominating the East. The East is much deeper now. Um, and but you got to secure I the best it's... player available, right? Because you can't just, as for Indiana, you can't just wait there and wait for the mega stars to like to come to you. Yeah, you're right. Look, uh, Indiana's been good for a long time because, you, like you said, free agents don't come to Indiana. And they've been playoff team for a long time without getting a price free agent I, I i think literally the last price free agent they had i can recall except maybe malcolm brogdon is that in that stratosphere but maybe jermaine o'neill i think it's like yeah remember yeah, jermaine o'neill he was, he was so a really good. good player yeah he was a good player back in the day 
I think he got. What was his history? Was he? He was drafted by Indiana. Or? No, no, no. Yeah, he, um, it was, he came over. By yeah, by Port. Yeah, he got drafted by Portland, and but then they didn't he play came him. To, like he like played only. He played very. He was like sparingly yeah, for Portland. He was injured, but I think Portland still wanted him. But then, yeah, he got traded to the Pacers, and then, and then what? The the Pacers were a. The, like that's a great thing, right? The Pacers were a, champ, a finals team with Reggie Miller and Mark Jackson, mm. uh, and those guys. They were they were they were one of the best teams in the league. Um, and then they trade for Jermaine O'Neal, and Jermaine O'Neal is then you know like that's how good the Pacers are, man. And then they get Paul George, mm. they draft Paul George eventually, and they drafted Kawhi Leonard, then traded him away. Um, yeah, but they're good, man. They're good. They're good. They know what they're doing. They'll they'll get the right decision. Okay, okay. We've been talking for a very long time. All right, last, last, last question. Last question. Last parting question. Okay. Quick, quick, quick take. Zion or Dwight? Better buddy. Uh, this is easy for me. It's Dwight Howard. Okay. It's Dwight Howard. He's it's, so hot right it's now. The sculpt, it's the sculpting of the... Like, Zion still has a bit too much meat. Zion looks strange. I mean, he looks super strong. But in terms of proportion, Dwight Howard, just perfection. Just perfection, okay? Mm. And so I want... Let me, let me put it this way. Let's not focus on basketball IQ. Let's not focus on personality. Let's not focus on his like nine kids by like six wives. Let's not focus on any of that. Just in terms of physical attributes as an athlete. As a human. It's perfection. As a as as a human, it's perfection, okay? Even outside as an even outside of basketball, just like in terms of bodybuilding physique, this is what people aspire to. And he, this is his natural be- this is a dude in Orlando when he was eat, just eating Maccas. He was eating Maccas and like bad diet in his 20s. And he just had the He's best eating body. candy all do- the time. He was dominating, dominating in Orlando. Blocking shots, rebounding, defensive, four-time defensive player four of the year. Four-time defensive player of the year, yeah. I, I agree, I agree. Hey, look, Zion's only played, what is it, 16 games, 19 games. He's on the cover of NBA 2K. So Zion like <laughs> hurt himself like on, on, on his first dunk <laughs> and like... <laughs> So Zion's to be determined. I think he needs, he still needs work on his body. I think the thing with Dwight is that he's just, he's blessed. He's just blessed with that body. And now that he's like upping in age, he still looks good, right? So that's just, he's just hit the jackpot kind of. I think, yeah, with his age, he's working harder on his body to keep what it was in the 20s when he didn't have to work that hard to keep. Because like you said, the blessed genetics. But I mean, obviously, every NBA player has blessed genetics. I mean, like Jeremy Lin has blessed. He's obviously 90, 99 percentile of you know Asians. Like no one, not many Asians are that high than that athletic. Um, so they're all blessed, but some are more blessed with perfect physical proportions. Which I put Zion. Which I would put Zion in. To be honest, I, I think Zion's body is like. Like LeBron on like LeBron on steroids. That's what Zion's body looks like. Absolutely, but like in terms of for like for me, D- Dwight Howard and be- and also Dwight Howard's taller, right? That, so that really mm. matters as well. Like it looks more like he kind of looks like a skinny. He looks skinnier, but then it's like just looks like all muscle. It's all like packed muscle. His shoulders are so big. <laughs> yeah, he's got like shoulder impl- like shoulder oh, pad implants God. or something. Yeah, shoulder yeah, pads exactly. implanted inside. <laughs> Look, but you're right. It's all relative, right? So to be in the NBA, you either have to have a blessed, you have to be a blessed athlete, uh, like physically, 
Where you have to be like Raymond Felton to have some dirt on the organization, I guess. That's the only reason why. It's <laughs> like, I, I, we, we can't figure Isaiah out why he's Isaiah, playing. Isaiah Thomas, would you say Isaiah Thomas is uh, physically gifted? He, he is, just, he is, like absolutely. He's, yeah, okay. he, he's just so strong, right? He's so strong and fast and he, you got to be durable. That's the other thing. I was going to say he's athletic. He's athletically gifted, but I was going to say maybe he's not physically gifted. Oh, right, right. Okay. I see what you're saying. Athletic mm. then. Okay. Like, you're right. Like, physically, he needs to be taller. He needs to have long arms and limbs and big ass and all that, right? Like, right. for the sport of basketball, those are physical gifts, right? But for Isaiah Thomas, he doesn't have necessarily all those things, but he's so as, as athletic that, mm. you know, you, it's hard to stop him. Mm. Oh, yeah. Back in his heyday, he he was... He can just run into the lane and finish over everyone. Like... I, he's like Tony, he, to me, he's like a stronger Tony Parker, like Tony Parker getting lay and just finesse. He could hit any, uh, he could hit, get the ball on the backboard at any angle and get the ball in, like any layup inside the, and it was like, yeah, Tony Parker knows the angles. Um, but Isaiah Thomas could just like barrel his way in and use his balance and core strength to keep upright and like kind of ping off like bigger defenders and then you know get the get the layup in um with like a bit more kind of like strength inbuilt like he could just bang on players which um yeah i think kids kids need to learn how to like play that way instead of just like selling for three pointers like a step step back three pointer like james harden or steph curry kind of thing all right listeners that's all show we have this week uh until next time please stay inside wear a mask the citizens of Hong Kong. Uh, if you destroy your life and need that's an, that's enough. If you destroy your life and need money, <laughs> that's enough. Go value. go tweet at Kane. Go tweet at Kane. I'm unemployed. Yeah, tweet at tweet at me. Tweet at me. <laughs> at Kane Chu. See ya. See ya. Thank you for listening to Your MBA Podcast with David and Kane. If you enjoyed our show, please tweet us at Your MBA Podcast.